The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Allah Allah Ya Rabbi Allah Allah Umin Albi Kalbun Salim Sound Heart Salal Fajru Lafif Masru Hawalina Allah 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 Azhar Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Colvin Salim Sound Heart on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and joining us in studio now is Sister Azra Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum Sister. Wa alaikum salam. So you're a first year student at Darunai mashallah and you're here to share the Ashra Mubashara series with us. What are we doing today? Today I'll be speaking about two of the companions inshallah. Uh, two companions by the names of Abdurrahman ibn Auf and Abu Ubaidah, inshallah. Inshallah. Bismillah, sister. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, today I'll be speaking about two companions who, on the surface, appear vastly different to each other. The one Sahaba was one of the wealthiest men of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's time. The other, despite being an Amir or leader of the Muslims, lived a life so humble as most of us can only imagine. A lifestyle that brought Umar to tears. The first companion is Abdurrahman ibn Auf. Abdurrahman ibn Auf was, at the age of 21, one of the first people to accept Islam at the hands of Abu Bakr as Siddiq. He is one of the ten companions who are guaranteed Jannah. Subhanallah. These two facts alone are enough to make him amazing. But Abdurrahman ibn Auf was amazing even before he became Muslim. Like the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was known by the people for his good qualities, namely his generosity, purity, humility, and kindness. He is now known largely as the rich Sahabi, but he was not born into this wealth. He did not come from a wealthy family, nor did he accept the wealth as a gift. When the Muslims migrated to Medina, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam paid him up with the wealthiest member of the Ansari. This man literally offered to split half of his wealth with Abdurrahman ibn Auf. Literally half. Like he had two wives and he was like, which one do you like? I'll divorce her and you can marry her. But Abdurrahman ibn Auf declined and famously said, just show me to the marketplace. He was gifted by Allah but to be a very talented businessman. He was actually known as a Sahabi who could turn over a rock and find a 50 rand note or, or rather gold. So he was a man who preferred to work hard and earn things. And on top of it, he did everything the halal way. As with most wealthy people or famous people, the mushrikeen spoke about him behind his back and said he loved to show off. And that's so common for us as youth to experience that when as soon as we achieve success, someone talks about us behind our back. But how we respond to that defines us as a Muslim and as a person. So Abdurrahman ibn Auf, he did everything the halal way. In fact, he was afraid of, of so afraid of riba that he split off of his halal wealth out of that fear. And I think that we as youth need to start thinking about this right now. We are at a stage of our lives where we make important decisions about university, our future career path, and where our source of income is going to come from. We need to make smart long-term decisions. And I'm not talking long-term as in 10 years' time, I'm talking akhira long-term. So it was not his wealth that made him great, nor his entrepreneurial skills. No, what made him great is how he spent that wealth. And I think the fact that him having such a vast amount of wealth did not affect his, his relationship with Allah at all. Abdurrahman ibn Auf was always willing to give in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He earned and he gave, and he earned and he gave. But before I forget, he was not only generous with his wealth, 
but he actively participated in every battle alongside Rabbi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We need to think about this as future breadwinners and as active members of the community. Even though we don't have a jihad to fight, we have to, we have to be active members of the community. We have zakah to pay. We have to give charity all the time. We cannot be mechanical Muslims and think that giving a large portion of money to Sanzaf every year absolves us of being, from being active members of society. To summarize the extent of his generosity, Abdurrahman ibn Auf had a dream towards the end of his life. He dreamt that the entire ummah was standing behind him. Shortly after he had this dream, he passed away. At his janaza, crowds and crowds of people turned up, all of them the people who benefited by him. There's so much more to be learned from his story than the earning of wealth. We need to make a mindset shift. Youth are at the time of our lives we're making really hectic decisions. So we need to make the changes now. We need to realize that on the day of Kiyama, we will be asked about where we got our wealth and how it was spent. We need to look at the lives of the Prophet Muhammad and the noble companions in order to make informed decisions. I think an important mindset shift will happen when we realize that the word sadaqah actually means to purify. Subhanallah. If maybe we just thought about that the next time we gave charity, our intention could be so much stronger. To me, the fact that charity equals purification shows that Allah is truly our Rahman. He orders us to give, not only to help those in apparent need, but to help ourselves, the ones who are truly in need. He rewards us beyond what we could ever imagine. Subhanallah. Another important lesson to realize is that we cannot let success or wealth change you. Abdurrahman ibn Auf remain consistent in his worship of Allah, always. Consistency is something I think we all struggle with, and it's one of the things Allah loves most, quality over quantity, always. Ameen. We've been listening to Sister Azra Ahmed, who's been exploring that um, Ashram of Ashra with us. Sister Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The second companion I'll be speaking about is Abu Ubaidah radiallahu an. He also accepted Islam at a young age of about 28 years old. He was also one of the earliest reverts, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, he, was, he was extremely skilled as both an archer and a scouter, which made him invaluable in battle. The Prophet Muhammad wasallam relied on him to give him essential information about battles, about the enemy. He could look at the footprint or hoofprint and tell you how many people there were, how sure. many horses there were, which horse was a pack horse, which horse was a war horse, all of these things, subhanAllah. So it was essential. He served in all of the battles from, from the Battle of Badr onwards, where his own father, in actual fact, tried to kill him because he had accepted Islam. But what made him so special? Why is it that he was guaranteed Jannah? It's not because of his, his extremely amazing archery skills or his scouting abilities. How can we as a Muslim youth emulate him and receive Allah's pleasure? The answer lies in his simplicity. He placed Islam and the progression of Islam over all of his needs. He lived a life so simple, as I mentioned, that, that Umar an burst into tears when he saw the, the quality of his life. The Prophet Muhammad wasallam held him in extremely high esteem. He gave him the title of Amin ul Aminu Hadi il Ummah, the trustworthy of this Ummah. The other companions also held him in high esteem. Abu Bakr actually suggested that he was worthy of becoming the Khalifa. But of course we know Abu Bakr was 
the greater. Um, he was a, um, Abu Ubaidah radiallahu an was a man who was respected not only by the Muslims but by non-Muslims as well, which I think is really important for us as Muslim youth, because in this world we we as Muslims are targeted. Alhamdulillah, not in Cape Town so much, but on Instagram and on Twitter. We are constantly victimized and made to look like terrorists when actually all we want to do is spread the love. We need to realize that our actions are da'wah. We need to think about how we, react, we, are, we react to people, how we interact with people, so that they can see this is what Islam is. Islam is not this angry ball of hate. It's not about calling out that person who said that Muslims are terrorists. It's not about making fun of them. It's about how we respond and how we make the ummah look because what we do reflects Islam and we need to realize this. Another important thing about his life is that despite being held in as high esteem as he was, he never ever forgot his purpose. Despite his title as a trustworthy of this ummah given to him by the Prophet Muhammad himself and all of the good he did, Despite even his beautiful appearance, because apparently he was one of the most beautiful men Mashallah. of the time, mashallah. He always, always kept his eye on the goal, and that is Jannah. His main focus was always to live and spread Islam. Umar radiallahu an used to check up on all of his governors around the world. So on the day he went to go and visit, um, on the day he went to visit Abu Ubaidah, who became the general of the bat- of battle. He told him, let's go to your house and have supper. Abu Baidah said, no, no, let's not, because you're going to hurt your eyes when you see the way I live. But Umar insisted. So they went back to his home, and all Umar found was a small jug and a small mat for him to sleep on. Umar burst into tears. He couldn't understand that an Amir, someone who is a leader of people, was living in this way. Amir, the Amir told him, Abu Baidah told him that he was more concerned about the progression of Islam. He did not need worldly things. He did not need expensive beds. He didn't need furniture or anything like that. All he needed was Allah. And I think that we need to realize that this dunya is temporary. We, as a youth, we need to think we don't need that what's called? Adidas superstore, superstar. We don't need to wear Kylie Jenner lipstick or dress like Kanye West. All we need is Allah. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Absolutely beautiful message, uh, Sister Azra Ahmed. Um, beautiful insight into the Ashra Mubashara. Um, just a minute left, uh, Sister. Any special message uh, to the family that may be tuned in? Assalamu uh, alaikum. <laughs> I was really nervous, but um, Alhamdulillah. Shukran for everyone who made dua. And everyone who is listening, alhamdulillah, I appreciate your support. Alhamdulillah, of course, Azra Ahmed is a first-year student at Darun Naeem and has given us a beautiful insight. Lots of food for thought, in fact, for today. Um, sister, I need to say shukran to you for uh, joining us um, on uh, Kalbun Salim. You're also a member Ahmed. of the Anur Sisterhood, I understand. Yes, um, I joined earlier this year as part of a project management or leadership development program and it's been amazing so far, alhamdulillah. 
Alhamdulillah, I can say that they already have found a leader in your sister. Shukran so much <laughs> for joining me. I'm Colvin Salim. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Well, wow. Can you believe two hours are done? Shukran to Auntie Abira Dixon and Zarina Jacobs. It's an absolutely awesome, awesome show on Colvin Salim's Sound Heart. We, of course, are going to be back with you tomorrow with a excellent lineup um, by Auntie Zarina Jacobs. Lots of recipes, lots of insights and of course lots of dedications for those wanting to get their message in and that lovely, lovely kitty story. So it happens every Monday to Friday, Colburn Salim Sound Heart for the month of Ramadan on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM from myself to Salima Ali I need to say shukran so much it's been absolutely awesome to be in your company, please keep us in your du'as and enjoy that bubba tonight from myself to Salima Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh we're going to go in for news <laughs>